Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pages Unknown, the podcast dedicated to all things books and pop culture. My name is Zachariah, and I will be joined, as always, by my fabulous co-host, Michaela. Say hi, Michaela. Hi, Michaela. This is your fair and evergreen warning that there will be some spoilers throughout this episode. This will be true for every episode moving forward. We made sure to read the book in its entirety, and now we want to talk about it. As a reminder, new episodes are out every Wednesday, and if you, our wonderful listeners, would like to read along with us, we're posting all the books we're reading on the Literal Book Club app. You can join Literal with the invite link, literal.club slash invite slash IFDEP2G. Once again, that's literal.club slash invite slash IFDEP2G. If you're already a member of the Literal app, you can find the book club under Pages Unknown Podcast Read Along. You can also find us on Goodreads and TikTok under Pages Unknown. Enjoy the episode. On today's episode, in anticipation of Amazon releasing the adaptation this Friday, the book we're talking about is My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. All right, so let's get demonic. I have to say, going into this book, I literally had no idea what to expect. I hadn't even heard of it. Zachariah, Mm. this was your recommendation. Did you have any idea what this was going to be like? Absolutely not. I had no idea what this was going to be like, but I did look at a couple of reviews and it used words like campy, horror, silly, 80s. Sounds great. (laughs) On the heels of Stranger Things, 80s nostalgia is in. Oh, yeah. This, I mean, this came out, I think think in 2016. So it was on the heels, definitely, of this wave of 80s nostalgia. But I didn't know what to expect. When we were doing the planning for this, I wanted something that was a little a little ooky spooky because we're getting into that season, yeah. right? Hell but yeah. I absolutely had no idea for the wild ride we were about to experience. This was insane. And I actually have read another book by this author. I, I didn't put two mm-hmm. and two together. The name Grady Hendrix is not like a super common name, but my brain wouldn't let me connect the two books. The other book I mm-hmm. read was called Final Girls Support Group or Final Girls Support Club. Something I love like that. that. Yeah, it was a really cool premise. It was all about like this support group of girls who are the final girl trope from horror right. movies. All of them had survived some sort of attack from a serial killer or axe wielding murderer, crazy things. And it's about them trying to survive and they're getting picked <laughs> off one by one. We should have added that. And it that. totally appealed to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It totally totally appealed, but it wasn't super captivating. It wasn't Mm. super interesting. It was quite forgettable. You know, it was definitely campy, but not like this. Uh. This book was camp to the max. I know. (laughs) I don't even really know what that word means. (laughs) But I know this is it. Well, neither did anybody who went to the award show where the theme was camp. Absolutely no one had any idea. The Met Gala. Met Gala. There we go. Yeah, that was, a, that was a mess. That was a mess. So I didn't know what was going to be happening on any page. At any time, I had no idea where the story was going. It was hijink None. after hijink after weird turn after weird turn. And it was almost like the author. And I obviously, I don't know this author's process. You are the one who has more experience with this author's work. When I put the book down, my initial thought was this person just wanted to make sure that people who were reading this had literally no idea what was coming. Absolutely true. You're right. Because I truly, I'm pretty good about guessing plot lines, especially with horror movies and mystery novel or horror books, excuse me, mm-hmm. and mystery novels. Like I'm usually pretty on it with guessing plots because there's only so many ways it can go. Mm-hmm. This could not, no. could not even tell you one guess. If I had tried, <laughs> which I didn't because I was like, there's no way I know where this is going. 
if I had tried, I would have been wrong. Should we give a little background about exactly what the plot of this book is? So the official synopsis on Wikipedia, the year is 1988 and Abby Rivers has just started her sophomore year of high school in South Carolina. Very, very wealthy South Carolina. She is on a scholarship to this academy. She's glad to have her best friend Gretchen Lang at her side as they have been inseparable since they met at Abby's 10th birthday back in 1982. Gretchen was the only one to come to this E.T. themed birthday, by the way, at a roller rink. Yeah, there was so much going on from chapter one. It was an immediate thing. The novel goes through their relationship from that point on, talking about their obsession with Madonna. Abby has kind of became a a fixture in the Lang household. She went with them to Jamaica. They talk about their acne and their insane parents. The big point that where everything shifts is where four friends, Glee, Margaret, Gretchen, and Abby, decide to take LSD at Margaret's lake house. Gretchen goes into the woods and returns a few hours later, and then everything goes from there. Nobody knows what's going on. She's acting totally different mm-hmm. to how she was acting at the beginning. Kirkus Review put out, this is one of the, the reviews that they have. It says, certainly not for all readers, but anyone interested in seeing William Peter Blatty's infamous The Exorcist by way of Heathers shouldn't miss it. <laughs> That's actually perfect. It's, it's exactly perfect. It also gave me Jawbreaker vibes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I feel like we were saying it's a unique book. Mm-hmm. I've never read anything like this. I doubt I'll ever read anything like this again. And it's not going to be because I don't want to. It's purely because something like this doesn't exist. (laughs) Uh, If we haven't made it clear enough with our little intro and the mention of the exorcist, the whole plot point here Mm -hmm. is that Gretchen is possessed by a demon. (laughs) (laughs) Whose name is Andras or Andras. Andras. Yeah, I was reading it very like official in my head. I was like, Andras. Uh, but yes, Gretchen is possessed and she's kind of fucking shit up. Um, I mean, truly, she's just going insane. She's hurting everybody. What happens is Abby kind of realizes there's this been this shift and everybody in the town starts to notice that there's a shift. She starts not bathing, not brushing her teeth, not doing anything, right? And this is, it's hinted at, she's kind of fighting for control over her body and in doing so, she doesn't have the energy to do anything else. Eventually, yeah. there comes a point when all of a sudden it seems like everything is back to normal again, but that's just when the demon has taken full control and has now integrated itself into her body and into her life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I found it interesting because it's kind of a trope. I guess you could call it a trope. It's mm-hmm. a trend in horror movies that surround possessions, like demonic possessions and things like that. Mm-hmm. There's always like the one person who can immediately tell. And of course, it would be her best friend. That's the whole right. plot of this book is that these two are super close and Abby knows notices immediately that something is not right, even when everyone else is happy to continue on with Andras <laughs> at the reins. Okay, so number one, to be mm-hmm. clear, Grady Hendrix is a man. Yep. And this is the second book I've read by him where the protagonists are female, mm-hmm. which is always an interesting yeah. mix to read, particularly with this book. They're young girls, high school mm-hmm. age girls. And honestly, he kind of nailed it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Absolutely. I mean, I am not a person who identifies as female, so I don't have this exact frame of reference, but he does a good job of as much as you can with this type of story, treating it with kid gloves and not yes. and not turning them into, I don't even know the right word for what some authors turn their female characters into. I don't have the right word. No manic pixie dream girls. No heaving bosoms. Yeah, no, none of that. 
I do think it has Catholic affiliations mm, okay. because they talk about a church being on the campus. One of the main characters, Glee, mm-hmm. part of Andras's whole gimmick is to trick her into thinking that I thought he was a priest. One of the male priests was like in love with her. Yes. So Father Thomas is someone who Glee really likes, is really attracted to. When Gretchen gets taken over, Andras decides that they are going to just ruin everybody's life the way that it happens to Glee is that they encourage Glee to go to extra lessons or something with this father, Thomas. And eventually it ends with her being drunk under the guise that he has written a love letter to her and then she attempts to commit suicide off of the top of the school. And the way it's described is much more eloquent than I just did it, but... (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful. Loved every second. (laughs) The ways that Andras, even the ways that Andras gets into these girls' heads Mm -hmm. is pretty typical, I think, of teenage girls, you know, having a crush on an older man. And their other friend, Margaret, is obsessed with her looks. Mm Mm-hmm. And Andras uses this by secretly feeding her, I'm sorry, this is going to be gross, tapeworm eggs in these movies to where an enormous tapeworm grows in her stomach. So she's constantly losing weight, constantly losing weight, and then eventually is more worm than girl. I'm sorry. That's so gross. But that's, Mm -hmm. it's true. It is true. Yeah, there's a whole scene in the book. It's quite graphic Mm -hmm. with the worm exiting her person. And it was vile. I don't want to spoil absolutely everything in the book, but no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to be very real with everybody listening right now. When you read this book, you're going to think back to this podcast and you're going to realize we weren't doing any of the, the great descriptions that the author does. We're not doing them justice right now. The way that I felt uncomfortable every other page yeah. with how he was describing it. Yeah, it definitely was pretty icky. I'd be curious to hear from some mm-hmm. people who are big fans of horror books. I'm not a huge horror reader. I like Uh, mysteries. I'm a big mystery girl. I don't really gravitate towards horror. Do you? So I only like horror if it is done in this style. I want it to be campy, right? I want elements of like, I'm terrified. Mm. But then the second that I am terrified, I want the very next scene to be so outlandish that it takes me right back out of it. And that's what this did the entire time. I cannot do a lot of horror. My adrenaline just gets up. My blood pressure rises. This is what happened when I read the book. I started it (laughs) at 4 p.m. And then by 1 a.m., oh my God, I have to go to sleep. And I couldn't sleep (laughs) until I finished. (laughs) Oh no. That's a good thing though. I feel like when you can find a book that, I mean, as long as it's keeping you up for the right reasons. But I'd be curious to know where exactly this author Mm -hmm. fits in the horror genre. How is it exactly that his style of writing, when you think of like horror genre, you think Stephen King. Right. I mean, that's the first guy that comes to my mind. How does he fit? Because this Mm -hmm. read like a campy horror movie. It didn't read like a horror book. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, that's how it's going to be a great adaptation. Like this was ready to go. You know what I mean? I'm sure Grady Hendricks, he did not write this and think this is going to be made into a movie. I don't know how old Grady is. It would be interesting to know Grady's age because there's a lot of references in here that he, this is kind of, I think for the 80s, the slasher, all of that kind of thing was really big during that time. And so this fits in. When you're talking about where he fits in, I think one show that comes to mind immediately is Scream Queens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. It feels like this could be just another, a different season of it. It feels like Chanel could absolutely be possessed by (laughs) this demon. (laughs) 
don't think that she'd be mad about it, though. No, she would be like, let's partner up. Let's do this thing together. (laughs) But you're right, though. (laughs) There aren't books that kind of do this outlandish thing, but in such a serious way. This is not a book you come across every day. When the dog gets killed. Oh, there's some animal cruelty in this book. And if that's something that's really difficult for you to stomach, just fair warning yep. here. Uh, there is, it's a tough scene. And I imagine it'll be probably even tougher in the television show. Part of me thinks that they might not go through with it. Part of me thinks that they will either infer that it happened or she gets stopped or write it so that she does yeah. something else. I, I feel like that might be the only thing out of the book. And that's telling, right? <laughs> I I kind of agree with you. I do think they might maybe try to edit around it, I mm. guess. Because you really do lose people when you kill dogs. I mean, are you going to lose the same amount of people if you show the tapeworm and that scene? Oh my God. Guys, I'm not kidding. It's so gross. It is disgusting. But I loved every second of it. I was like, this is exactly the kind of, it was almost a release from the tension that the book had created. Finally, something went right for one person in this book. Oh, they yeah. figured out what was wrong <laughs> and they could solve it without doing this extreme thing. You know, speaking of extreme things, I think we actually do need to talk about the help that she enlists, the folks that come to oh, the my school. God. There's a set of bodybuilders for Jesus, essentially. Bodybuilders for Jesus. Yep. Getting strong for the Lord. Getting str- yep. In his presence, you know, and <laughs> one of them is recruiting recruited by Abby to come and help and he is the youngest one of the of the four and he's the you come to realize the inexperienced one as well yeah he might be the biggest but tough person yeah absolutely in the end though he is the hero of this book yeah even though he spoiler even though he he fails miserably <laughs> The real hero? Yeah, well, Phil Collins. <laughs> Phil Collins is the You don't really want real. him in your exorcism. Oh my God. So true. <laughs> I only ever want to be exercised through the power of Phil Collins. That was great. I loved that. That's going to be great in the TV show. We can't describe the full insanity that was this scene. I guess I can try if, if you want me to, Michaela. I can try. Do, do your darndest. I don't think I could do it. It's wild. So right after the dog scenario. Also, I'm so sorry we're skipping all over the place. We're actively trying not to give absolutely everything away because we would like you to go watch the show and to read the book. Yeah. I also will say quickly, Mm -hmm. we are recording this at night, which is kind of like witching hour for both of us. Unhinged. We're we're feeling a little crazy. What happens? Abby has snuck into the house and her and this bodybuilder exorcist have to drug Gretchen so they can take Gretchen to go perform an exorcism. They get Gretchen there, they try to perform it, and they do it for hours and hours and hours and hours and nothing is happening and finally abby's like this dude doesn't know what's going on he just straight up leaves he's just gone yeah and she performs the exorcism through the true christ phil collins i think well (laughs) what was really cool there was that they're doing it and you know he's reading from a bible and he's doing the lord's prayer over and over and over again Mm -hmm. not a word of latin in it which was fun because normally exorcisms are almost all in latin (laughs) but the thing was like he 
started mashing salt into her face. He was actually hurting her body in an effort to try to dispel the spirit. But Abby was concerned for her friend. Mm -hmm. So the arguing between the two of them. I mean, if this were a conjuring movie, that demon would have killed all of them. Yes, they would have been the most hilariously poor rendition of an exorcism. It was amateur hour. It was. What ends up happening is that Abby, through her love for Gretchen and the things that they have in common, Mm -hmm. she's trying to ignite a spark in her friend's mind Mm -hmm. so she can fight the demon, trying to give her some light and some hope and using fond memories and inside jokes and things that came up earlier in the book that they shared Mm -hmm. when they were young to try to get her to remember to come back. Yeah. And spoiler, it's successful. They are able to exercise the demon on draws. banish him from whence he came I'm assuming and yep. they carry on and then the, the end of the book is so quick there was this big build up to this moment and then yeah. the end is okay and this is what happens <laughs> It was insane. I read the books on a Kindle and it tells you the percentage of the book that you have read. So it's like 78%. I'm like, we're getting pretty close, man. And then 80, 85%. The second it hits like 80%, it is full steam ahead. You do 50 years in 20% of the book. (laughs) It is insane. Literally, This is a ride. But you're right. It happens so quickly. It's almost anticlimactic in a way, like how quickly it happens. Well, I found it pretty real to life too. Mm-hmm. It was so interesting. So this exorcism happens, they're successful. And then there's this sort of petering out of their friendship over the years. They try to stay in contact. Right. They go off to college and there's like a very natural, normal, what, what actually happens in real life. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, a big, huge argument. It's just that life gets busy. You know, the, Abby is described as getting married. She has a child. Gretchen is engaged at one point, but I don't think that she actually ends up marrying anyone. They have waves of, we need to be better at communicating, which is the story of my life. If you were to do a search in my phone of the most used text message, it's me texting people saying, sorry, I'm a shit friend. We need to be better about (laughs) seeing each other. So that I related to. Well, I will say in real life, I feel as though, Michaela, your and I friendship, we do a very good job. And I'm just, I'm getting, I'm trying to give you credit right now. You do a very good job. Oh, thank you. You do. And I think it's because I'm a crazy person. So sometimes when you need a little bit of a kick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're willing to be like, "Um, excuse me, talk to me. Hello. But this is also the best part Mm -hmm. of the podcast is now we get to talk all the time. So it worked out. It works out for everybody. I love it. Especially for our listeners. They're just so lucky. Yes, they are all very happy for us that we've been able to take up hours and hours of our life (laughs) in the evening. (laughs) And tens of our dollars. So I think the thing I also want to throw in here, we've talked a lot about the characters, the actual plot and all of these different things. Yeah. I actually want to talk about the setting as its own thing. Michaela, when you think of the 80s and you think of a mall, where do you think? I don't. Well, you don't think of any region in particular? I think of New Jersey. Oh, really? I would think of the Midwest, but that's probably... Where does Stranger Things take place? Indiana. Yeah, okay. What I'm trying to get you to think about here is when I think of like 80s in a mall, I don't think of South Carolina. That's what I'm trying to say, right? For some reason, I don't have... That's definitely fair. Obviously, the 80s happened in South Carolina. Obviously, it had to have happened. I'm sure. (laughs) Can't prove it. Can't prove it. Can't prove it. (laughs) 
However, where they are, this attitude of this passive aggressive, well, honey, I think you better go over there. And what they're really saying is I need you to get the hell out of my house. Yeah. Bless your heart vibes. Yes. Big bless your heart vibes. Big. We welcomed you in as our family. And this oh my is gosh. how she got all these very yeah. wealthy people that Abby is talking to. They're in the South. So there's an additional layer of pomp that's put on prestige in some way. Yeah. And then you talk about the 80s. The 80s are coming like a steam engine towards these people. And that's when you start also seeing some of that with the mom, how she acts towards Gretchen when Gretchen teases her hair a bit when they talk about Madonna. You see a lot of all yeah. of that kind of happening at the same time. So that that tension is played out not just between all the characters, but actually between the setting and the plot. It's very, very well done. And I don't think it yeah. was necessarily intentional. I think Grady just chose a place. Something that was also interesting about reading this book for me personally, there are two things mm-hmm. that I struggle with in movies and media, books, whatever. I get very easily frustrated when people are making poor choices mm-hmm. and I'm not good with gore. <laughs> So the first thing is already in this book because we have multiple scenes of Abby desperately, desperately trying to save her friends Mm -hmm. and saying this to every adult she could possibly find. She really does everything right. She goes to the parents. She goes to her teachers. She thinks about going to the police and telling them all the truth of this. Mm -hmm. And nobody listens. And even worse, they shut her down. They tell her to get out of their lives. They tell her that she's the problem. That drives me crazy. I cannot stand that. The second thing is gore. (laughs) Straight up. just straight up bloody ick. And we've already described the worm scene too too many times. I don't know how mm-hmm. they're going to do that in the TV show. I guess gore is probably more accessible now. Like after Game of Thrones and everything, oh, people sure. are a lot more willing to watch horrible, horrible things play out <laughs> on their TV screens. Do you think that they're going to go the Game of Thrones route with actual hardcore violence? Or do you think they're going to stick to the camp and maybe make it like Saw where they're just putting people in meat grinders? I... I actually think it's going to be a combination of the two. It's going to be very real looking, right? Really graphic. But the reactions to it and the way that the story handles it is going to be high camp. They're going to do both things. Does one cancel out the other? Eh, That's questionable. I don't know. Mm. This is an Amazon streaming, so they can take whatever liberties that they would like with You're right. Right? This could be extremely graphic. I mean, we watched Game of Thrones. Well, I watched Game of Thrones. I don't know that you watched Game of Thrones. No, I did not. Oh, you didn't? I tried. No. Well, so when it first came out, I tried watching it because it was all the rage. People Mm -hmm. were talking about it like crazy. And so I watched a couple episodes. Right. And they killed Sansa's dire wolf relatively early on, mm-hmm. I think by like episode three or four. And wow, yeah. I had to cut it. It was like so upsetting to me. Wait, that's and it the was thing? Like, the dire wolf is the thing yes, that turned you off? That, It yeah. got so much worse. Got so- I know. <laughs> because here's the thing, right? So recently, because House of the Dragon has come out, mm-hmm. I decided, I was like, I'm going to put my big girl pants on and try to watch Game of Thrones again because I don't know that it's necessary to watch House of the Dragon, but I certainly would like the context and uh-huh. I feel like I've been missing out. So might as well try. Okay. I made it further this time, but I cannot get past the Theon Greyjoy stuff. Uh-huh. It is so deeply upsetting watching all of that happen. And I understand that that mm-hmm. was Bolton, something Bolton. Oh gosh, you had Rams- that. Ramsey, Ram- Ramsey, whatever his name is. I understand that he's like horrible and does a billion trillion more terrible things. Mm-hmm. But the Theon Greyjoy stuff, like making him think that they were friends and that he was trying to help him and then like hunting him I and know. bringing, it was just too, too much for me to watch. I couldn't do it. Also, my partner told me that the dragons get hurt. 
and I can't do that. Yeah, you just to be very, very clear, Michaela, you should not watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> you should you should okay, fair not watch it because if, if those things turned you off, no amount of Kit Harrington shirtless is going to solve <laughs> or make up for it. Okay, no amount. He's pretty hot. It. I mean, he is rather attractive, but you did watch it though, right? Of course. Absolutely. I was obsessed with it. However, I do want to say the last season was trash, was absolute garbage, and it, it was bad. And I think nearly all of the fans agree that it was bad. Interesting. However, this is unrelated almost to the podcast. Oh, perfect. There's a... T- <laughs> Of course, a TikTok account where a bunch of fans got together and they did a radio show as like a redo of the last season. They wrote a script, they recorded it all, they put it together. Oh my and it's God. on t- I'll have to find the person who posted it, but she was one of the, she was voicing one of the characters and I have not yet made time to listen to it, but I cannot wait to listen to it. As I said, completely unrelated, but it's going to be fantastic and I can't wait. Really quickly, I do want to go back for a second. Since we're talking about horror, do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember our spreadsheet that we put together? Oh my god! A couple of years ago. Do you remember this? Unfortunately, <laughs> it was called Hallow Queens, and what we were yep. what we were trying to do was create our own Thirty One Days of Halloween, but kind of nostalgia edition. Yeah, fan favorites. We might have to one day link to the spreadsheet <laughs> when we get a Patreon. That'll be a Patreon uh, <laughs> Patreon exclusive. Perk. You're welcome. <laughs> I love it. We even went so far as to like do conditional formatting on this Google sheet. If we put in something yeah, we really got into that received it. a critic score below a certain thing, it turned it orange and it... <laughs> That is funny. One day, we'll make the Hallow Queens spreadsheet a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> yeah, you're really welcome for all that content. What did we even put on there? Because I, I know Halloween Town was on there. Halloween Town, we have Practical Magic, we have Paranorman, we have Coraline on there. Coraline? If we're going to talk about good book-to-movie adaptations, I mean, that's kind of peak. Coraline, written by mm-hmm. the illustrious Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. We stand. I don't know if our lovely listeners, I'm sure, if you're listening to this podcast, you have watched Coraline. Maybe American Gods also. That was like a big thing by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah. Is that the one with David Tennant? I believe David Tennant is in it. Kristen Chenoweth is in it. And I like that. Oh, gosh, (laughs) love her. So now my brain is going in overdrive. Now I'm just thinking of books that have been put to movies that Mm -hmm. have actually been quite successful. And obviously, we cannot discuss Mm -hmm. this without discussing Twilight. Of course. The the ultimate (laughs) book to movie adaptation. (laughs) The Twilight Renaissance, I live for it. Mm -hmm. I watch it annually. I make my partner watch it with me every time. Mm -hmm. He's Team Jacob for anybody that's interested. He's Team? I know. I don't want to talk about it. I think I can maybe understand until the end of the second book. And then the second, I can understand where maybe Michael is coming from. (laughs) Please don't think too harshly of him. He's not a huge Twilight fan. He did not read the books. So I don't think he fully understands the whole Jacob Renesmee situation. I don't think he cares enough to deep dive into it. He just picked him Mm -hmm. because he likes the where you been, Loka. Where you been, Loka? (laughs) It makes absolutely no sense. Oh, he also really loved that they used mono as an excuse for becoming a werewolf. (laughs) He's got mono. (laughs) 
it'll be back. We love some shameless plugs. And I, we did not plan to talk oh, about... wow. We did not plan to talk about Twilight. That is a lie. We are going to have an episode on October 5th where we're talking about... What? The Twilight anniversary, the renaissance of the Twilight books and all the fandom and the lore. We're also, yeah. in that episode, going to be talking about a book that may or may not have been written by Stephanie Meyer. The drama. The drama. The book is called Corinne and it's written by Rebecca Morrow. We'll let you know after we do our reading whether or not we think this is the same person. But anyway, October 5th, look out for that episode. I am going to be doing a tandem read of Twilight and Corinne just to really get a sense of the writing style. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see what's going on with that. What are some other favorites? Book to movie, book to TV. What do you got? Well, there's a lot of baggage around Harry Potter. There's like a lot of, there's a lot of baggage around it. Do I think that the movies are nostalgic? And if ABC Family or Freeform, whatever the channel is, does the Harry (laughs) Potter weekend, am I going to sit down and watch every movie? Yes. Am I specifically going to wait until they play the fourth movie because it's my favorite? Yes. Yeah. To be clear, we don't agree with with J.K. Rowling. We are not stances. We're not turfs here. We do not align ourselves. No, no, no. Isn't it sad we have to do this over somebody who wrote such a beloved thing and could have used her platform for good? It sucks that we even having to talk about that. The books themselves, there are some problematic things in there. For what it is on its face, an adaptation from the book to a movie, I think was done pretty well. I mean, give it a B plus. Look, most of the time I'm comparing book to movie adaptations on a pretty clear benchmark. And the lowest standard there is, of course, the original Aragon, which I'm still waiting for that series. Please, the redemption arc, we need it. That was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Are they redoing it? I've heard yes, but that could just be somebody blowing smoke up my butt because I'm desperate (laughs) at this point for a redemption arc for that book. I would love to talk about that whenever that comes out because I read the second book first on accident. You did? Yes. That must have been so confusing. It was so confusing. I didn't know what was going on, but I was a little too into the book to stop. You know what I mean? Well, what does it go? It goes Aragon, Eldest, Inheritance, or Brissinger, Inheritance? Yeah, I think that that's correct. So Flex, real quick, one of my proud possessions, I have a signed copy of Aragon, and I want to put it in a glass case and protect it forever (laughs) because that book series I adored. And my brother and I actually read it multiple, multiple times. We shared one copy. Our original Aragon copy is in tatters. (laughs) It's absolutely, it looks horrible. (laughs) but we loved it so much. What are some other favorites? Because if that's the lowest, I wouldn't put Harry Potter at the highest. Do you know what was good? Yeah, tell me. Low-key, the Spiderwick Chronicles. Gosh, I forgot about the Spiderwick Chronicles. I haven't read those for a hot minute. I know. I read those when I was very young, and I just found out, uh-huh. hot off the press, <laughs> the author of the Spiderwick Chronicles, Holly Black, is also the author of the Cruel Prince series, which is like a fae smut series that's very popular on TikTok. Oh, that's the same author. Well, <laughs> so crazy to me. Well, I mean, we're having a lot of that this episode. Grady, the, you know, my best friend's exorcism also wrote final girl support, whatever. And you said you would not have recognized it. I feel like it must the disconnect. It yeah. must feel the same with the Spiderwick Chronicles <gasps> and the smut. <laughs> Well, so I read, I think it is called The Cruel Prince. I think that's the first one. I think it goes like Cruel Prince, Wicked King, something else. Okay. It's a whole series. I read the first one because everyone was talking about how good it is. Ooh, smutty fairies. (laughs) What'd you call me? Protagonist is straight... (laughs) 
the protagonist is bullied by her love interest and the I had they had no chemistry. I was not into mm. it. I'm sorry, please don't at me. But yeah, Holly Black wrote the Spiderwick Chronicles, which I loved when mm-hmm. I was a kid, and I loved that movie when it came out because I really liked the way they did the little brownie, the little brownies, mm-hmm. the little home yeah. sprites. I thought it was adorable. There were a couple that disappointed me. A series of unfortunate events. I did not like the adaptation. Really? I think they tried to do too many things at once. I really wanted them to stretch it out. I wanted it to be like a lot of movies like they did for Harry Potter. Well, hang on. So they did movies and a TV show for that, right? There's a TV show? I didn't know this. I thought there was. Let me double check. While you were double checking, I just think that they tried to pack too many things into one thing at one time. I wanted them to slowly roll it out and kind of make it a big production because those books were life. I loved those books. I still want to know to this day what VFD really means. It will haunt me forever. My dad, (laughs) I'm also a little nostalgic about them because my dad would read some of these books to us and it's it's very nice. My dad used to read to us even when we were like older. I was like 17 and he would still read stuff to us. It was really nice. No, my dad was the same. Eventually it got to the point where we were all just reading together but my dad read to me like every single night Mm -hmm. on my little fact finding mission. Yes, it is a TV show. It's three seasons starring Neil Patrick Harris as Count Olaf. It's on uh, Netflix. Was there not a movie? No, there was a movie. And I think he is also Olaf in that one. Or no, that's Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is the Count Olaf in the movie. Yeah. Okay, great. For a second, I'm like, am I misremembering? I just said it with my full chest that I didn't like it. Okay, great. I'm, I'm glad to hear I am not, in fact, going senile in my young age. No, so it's a TV show. The TV show came later. I didn't watch the full thing. It was it was pretty good, though. I love Neil Patrick Harris. So, okay. you know, I enjoy watching him play funny roles. I'm going to, I just wrote um, it down in my notes to my partner and oh, I good. to put it to our thing to watch. I don't know that he read these, but he'll he'll watch a series if I give it to him. Percy Jackson is also getting new life right now. There's a new movie coming out. Thank the Lord. Here's the thing. I am a Logan Lerman girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's one of the most gorgeous people that's ever existed inside and out. Mm-hmm. He seems like such a lovely person and he's aging like a fine wine. Perfectly. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Every time I see a new picture of him, I'm like, you're so much more attractive than you were, but I thought you peaked. You know, like I've had a crush on this kid since he was in Hoot. (laughs) To be clear, I'm an OG. For real though. I support the Percy Jackson movies that he's in because I love him Mm -hmm. and Sea of Monsters, even though it's objectively terrible, was also subjectively great. (laughs) I enjoyed it. (laughs) It was silly and fun. I'm very excited for the new TV show. Yes, me too. Very excited. We might have to... I think the casting is awesome. Yes, absolutely. TikTok is really going crazy for it right now too. My For You page is all people just being hyped for all of these new movies. The other thing that they're hyped for also is the Rings of Power. So I'm like, my FYP is obsessed with all of this. Yes. Have you watched any of Rings of Power yet? No. Uh, The reason being is because I've been doing stuff for this very podcast and have not... What? You're working? Crazy. Can you believe? I'm going to watch it. But there are a couple of creators on TikTok that I follow specifically because they give me the lore that's being talked about in The Rings of Power, the lore behind Twilight even. There is a woman whose entire TikTok account is just, I I feel like we should invite her on the pod and see. She's amazing. I would love to pick her brain. She knows everything. And she's talking about Corinne a little bit too. So I might have to see if she's Oh, cool. Listen, if 
you're hearing this and you want to come hang out with us, I will keep your name. Please. I'll keep your name off the thanks. I don't want people like bombarding you or whatever. Not that there are tons of people doing that. So we've talked about Harry Potter. We've talked about Twilight, October 5th episode, Spiderwick Chronicles, Percy Jackson, Rings of Power. I have a few books that I wish they would do an adaptation to, but I don't know if you've heard of these series though. So this is a true YA book. It's the Seventh Tower series. And I don't know if you know what I'm talking. They're not very thick. I don't. They were everything. I loved them. And then I know that they, the second one I would like for them to actually do correctly is the Artemis Fowl series. There's a bunch of books. Oh, yeah. I was obsessed. Yeah, it was great. There, There was supposed to be a movie coming out. I would really love kind of the opposite. A movie that I would love to see as a book uh-huh. is the animated Netflix movie Klaus. Oh, have yes. Have you seen it? Yeah. It would be lovely. So my partner and I watch it every year. Uh, wow. We love it. And I actually bought him the coffee table artwork book from Klaus. So like all the little drawings and animations. Nice. I think that would make such a cute children's Christmas picture book. I don't know if they've already done it. It's possible they have. Or a little book series with little vignettes mm-hmm. about each character from the village. I think would be adorable. Absolutely. Even as a graphic novel, I think it would be really fun. I, it was. I mm-hmm. love the animation style. It's fantastic. We also watch it. It's one of the ones that we do have on our list. We watch a bunch of random movies during the holiday season. Yeah. Shalom Sesame is one we will watch. My partner is Jewish, <laughs> and so we celebrate some of the Jewish holidays. It's not a book, but I suppose it's surrounding a book. It's Judaism. I feel like so many of those would make really cute little novellas. Can you think of any series, television mm-hmm. series? that you would like to see as a book. As a book. You're going to think I'm silly for saying this, but I think if we're going to talk about this high camp 80s kind of nostalgia, totally spies. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine the hijinks, the nonsense? That's a great one. I would eat every second of it up. I would also love to see, stay with me, Uh the Miss Congeniality movies as a cozy mystery book series. Just one shots of Uh this is what's going on. I think that would be so much fun. I would read it. Me too. We didn't get to talk about cozy mysteries in our previous episode. Yeah. Maybe we can make another episode about that. If you, if people are interested, maybe as we head closer to wintertime, mm-hmm. we can do a whole episode about our favorite cozy mysteries. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Pages Unknown. As a reminder, new episodes are out every Wednesday. If you check out Amazon's adaptation of My Best Friend's Exorcism, or if you decide to give the book a read, let us know what you think over on TikTok at Pages Unknown. Catch you on the next one.